Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to the May 2022 edition of the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. I want to remind you to check out deanhawk.com for all of our free ministry resources. I'm going to be sharing about a new series that was just released in a little bit as we get into our subject of the day. And uh, I just returned from a trip, uh, took a a team from our church to Israel, uh, the end of April, the first part of May, just a phenomenal, phenomenal trip. And I would encourage you to consider leading a trip in the years to come, taking a, a, a group from your church to Israel. It is a phenomenal experience for everyone that is involved. And then uh, before we jump into the topic today, just want to remind you that uh, summer is coming and July 11th through the 15th is Dr. Cloud and Townsend's uh, Ultimate Leadership Conference. It's coming in July. They also have one in September and in November. But if you mention that you heard about the Ultimate Leadership Podcast from the uh, heard about Ultimate Leadership on the Dean Hawk Podcast, you will get a $500 discount on the July Ultimate Leadership. It has changed my life. My wife and another staff member were there back in February, and the fruit just keeps on giving. And yes, you're going to hear me talk about this, because why? Because I know that you as pastors, that you need this. It will benefit you, your family, and I just encourage you to take part of that. Today, we want to dive into the subject called the prodigal parent process. And if you're watching on video, you can see the book I'm holding up. This is a book by a friend of mine, Dr. Doug Weiss, and it is called The Prodigal Parent Process, the title of our podcast today. And number one, I want to encourage you to pick up this book. It is a life-changing, life-transforming book. And why? Because I know that so many pastors and ministry leaders that are personal friends of mine have walked the road of having a son or daughter take a prodigal journey in life. Over a decade ago, Kim and I had had our kids take some take some steps and and thank God they they all made the the great decisions to quote come home and and are living and serving for God but it can be a scary moment and it can be a scary process as a parent and if you as a pastor a ministry leader are going through that it seems like the enemy heaps on more um, guilt or shame that you as a ministry leader should have. Um, your stuff together, and that somehow you're judged by a different bar than maybe other parents. Well, I want to bring some hope and freedom to you today. Number one, I want to encourage you to go on Amazon, buy Dr. Weiss's book. It is phenomenal, phenomenal material called The Prodigal Parent Process. It will change and transform your life. And you say, well, my kids are doing fine. I promise you, you have people in your church that are really hurting and really going through the pain of life as they watch their son or daughter make some challenging decisions. And so today I want to whet your appetite just a little bit um, and, and give you some insight 
of how we as parents play the blame game and some things that Dr. Doug brings out that really is very freeing. And what I want to do is I want us to look at the very first prodigal son and daughter on the planet, and that was Adam and Eve. If you go back to Genesis, the Lord God placed them in the garden, told them to tend and watch over it, and the Lord God warned Adam, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are going to die. Well, a couple chapters later in Genesis 3, they're at the tree. The serpent says, you won't die. God knows that if your eyes are open, if your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat of it, and you'll be like God, and He's and you'll know both good and evil, that God is, is withholding something. And so the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful, and it, its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit, and she ate it. And then she gave it to her husband who was with her, and they ate it. Now, I want to help you understand the the power of this moment. You've got to see and understand this. Here are the first two human beings on planet Earth. They live in a flawless, perfect, absolute perfect world. There is no sin. There is no sin nature. Their father, their dad, is Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the universe. Their hearts are connected with God. They walked and fellowshiped with God on a daily basis. And they did not have the sin nature within them that all that you and I were born with. That's why Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, because the seed of sin is passed down through Adam, and we all are born with that nature to sin. They had zero negative friends. They had zero negative cultural influences trying to steer them in in other directions other than one little serpent, one little snake. They had no TV. They had no internet. They had no YouTube. They had no social media. They had no porn on their phone that was trying to distract them. And watch this. And they still sinned and disobeyed their father. Yet, we as parents beat ourselves up when our kids make a mistake. We're embarrassed when when our three-year-old shoplifts some candy at the Walmart low-hanging candy at the checkout line, and we get out to our car, and they pull something out of their pocket, and, and we feel like such a horrible parent. Oh my gosh, my kid's a, a shoplifter. They've got a, They've got a criminal record already. And we take it personal because of what our kids did. And yet we blame ourselves when our kids make mistakes and bad decisions, even when they're older. So what can we learn? I just want to share, I just want to tease you a little bit with with what God can do in you and through you and help you navigate the prodigal uh, process with your son or daughter. Number one, we can learn from God is God did not take responsibility for his children's choices. He didn't say, O-M-S, not O-M-G, O-M-S. Oh, myself, (laughs) where did I go wrong? Where's the scripture that God says, I'm such a bad parent. My kids made a bad decision. Thus, it makes me a bad parent. Here's what I would challenge you. If God did not take responsibility for Adam and Eve's choices, why do we take responsibility for our son or daughter's choices? Secondly, God did not blame anyone else. 
<laughs> he didn't jump on the Holy Spirit and say, why weren't you there? Who was, who was supposed to be watching the kids today? Why didn't you stop them? And in fact, he didn't even blame the serpent. God doesn't blame anyone for his children's behavior except his children. Thirdly, God did not question his parenting skills. He didn't ask, where did I go wrong? I wasn't there for them. It must be my fault. I should have intervened and done something. I didn't provide enough or do enough. I could have, should have, would have been a better parent, a better father to them. Fourthly, he did not beg or plead for them to change their minds. God didn't even intervene while they were contemplating their choice. <laughs> In my humanity, if I would have been God, I would have struck the tree with lightning. I would have caused a hurricane to come blowing in and to blow them about a thousand miles away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I, how many of you would be guilty of trying to interject and trying to stop them? But God honored and he respected their free will. Number five, he administered the consequences immediately. Adam and Eve did not escape the cost of their choices. Immediately, they knew and recognized they were naked. The light bulb, so to speak, the glory of God had left them, and now they no longer saw the light, but they saw the awkwardness of the light bulb, their physical bodies. And still to this day, man toils in his work, and woman, uh, the woman has pain in childbirth. God did not chase after them in the garden to rescue them. But how many of us rescue our kids? And we start at a young age when they're in elementary. But we need to be careful that, that we allow the consequences to happen. And one of the things that I've realized is, as I was teaching a series along this line, and I'll share about that in a moment, is that all too often that we're guilty of parents of rescuing them from a very young age, and we create the system. Mom and dad will pull me through. Mom and dad will pull me out. Mom and dad will bail me out. Mom and dad will get me through. And I think we potentially, in wanting to save and help our children, we end up hurting them and not helping them grow and mature and advance as God desires them to do. Number six, God acknowledged their sin as their sin. It was their decision. In their own free will, they still chose to sin and disobey their father. With a perfect father, they chose to sin. And it was nobody else's fault. There's nobody else to blame. God is saying their sin is their sin. It's not my sin or my fault. Number seven, the more you assume responsibility when it's not yours, the harder the parent prodigal the parent prodigal process will be. So I want you to hear me, mom and dad. The choices and decisions your son or daughter are making are not your fault. Now, I'm not talking about children. I'm talking about those that the Bible would esteem as adults that I would say out of the Jewish tradition are 13 and older. They were considered adults in biblical times, and I think they should be considered young adults in our culture today. But what we have to realize 
is we can't be responsible for every decision they make. And the things they do, the things they say, it's not a reflection of you. It's not a reflection of your parenting skills, of your goodness or your badness. You say, but no, it is. It is because people think things. Just because somebody thinks it doesn't mean that it's truth or that it's accurate. And until we grasp and understand the truth of God's Word, we'll be bound with shame, we'll be bound with guilt and torment. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So mom and dad, I want to encourage you to be free today. You're a good mom. You're a good dad. And I believe that we have to recognize the power of free will, that the most powerful gift that God gave to humanity is free will. And I believe it's the ultimate expression of love is the freedom to choose who you love with your free will. And the first words that God said to Adam were, you are free to eat of every tree except one. And you have the freedom to choose good versus evil. And God himself will not override free will. Yet as parents, we somehow believe that we could or that we should or that we can. And we see throughout Scripture that Jesus said, anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Deuteronomy 30, today I have given you the choice between life and death. And know this, number eight, God doesn't blame you or take responsibility for the choices your prodigal has made, and neither should you. The blame game needs to stop. No, your son or daughter isn't perfect, but somehow as parents, we get deceived into thinking that their choices are about who we are, that if they do bad, then we must be bad parents. And number nine, healthy parents admit and accept they are powerless to determine the outcome of their child's life. And when I say child, I'm talking about, once again, the young adult and adult child. We can, we have power over our five-year-old. We have power over our seven-year-old. We can direct them, and that is a part of a, the parenting segment. But when they become young adults, we can give them direction, wisdom, and insight. We still love them. We still hurt with them. We still pray for them, but we don't have the power to determine the outcome of their life. And here's what I want to encourage you. We must stop owning their decisions and mistakes because we cannot own their mistakes any more than we have a right to own their victories. It was put this, put, I heard it put this way, uh, help me identify this area as simple, is, is if you're your son or daughter kicks the winning soccer soccer goal in the game. Do you stand up and yell, I did that? Did you see me? I'm the reason he or she scored that winning goal today. I'm the reason they got straight A's. I'm the reason they're on the honor roll. No, we don't. We don't take ownership for their victories. Then why do we take ownership for their mistakes and blame ourselves. 
And so I just want to encourage you. That's just a teaser of what Dr. Weiss has in this book. Uh, There are, I think, 20-some chapters that are going to give you wisdom, bring you freedom, and I would encourage you to tap into that. Share this podcast with your spouse. Go on Amazon, buy his book. I highly, highly recommend it. And then we just released, I did a series this spring based from Dr. Dr. Weiss's book. The first couple messages were based from his book. It's a series that's on our website, deanhawk.com, called Homecoming, The Journey of a Prodigal. And I'm just going to tell you guys, this series stirred up more um, hope, and I got more feedback on any series I've taught in the last couple years, very honestly. There is a big need in this arena. And I believe so much in Dr. Doug's book, and I believe so much in wanting to help my families that in the middle of the series, I had contacted uh, Doug Weiss's office, if you'll just Google him, Heart to Heart Counseling. They're right here in Colorado Springs, where I'm based. But uh, I contacted his offices and said, "Uh, I want to buy as many books as you have. And so we bought about 200 books as a church, just bought them in bulk, and you can check with them as well. And then we had our ushers hand them in each of our services. I said, if you're the parent of a prodigal, we want to give you a gift. And we as a church made an investment to bless our families, our moms and dads with this book. And so I would encourage you, it'll be a series that will bring life and hope and uh uh, will help you. And then we as well have started a small group. There's a small group curriculum based off the Prodigal Parent Process book. And uh, it's a DVD with Dr. Doug teaching. And so we started that small group. And once again, to just help parents that are walking through the parent prodigal process. And so, guys, thanks so much for listening this month. I hope that as you approach the summer months, you are planning some getaway time, some downtime to recharge and revive yourself and giving yourself some time off. Just know this, the church will survive, the church will live when you're not there. Cut away on a couple Sundays, get a couple weeks away, get away with your family, get away with your spouse, have some downtime. You'll be a better pastor on the other side of it because of it. Hey, God bless you guys. We will see you next month. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.